Hey everybody, it's your boy John Miller. Just really quick, I want to let you all know that this episode is going to be no stock talk whatsoever. It's going to be all about Bill Hader's new HBO show, Barry. I'm going to bring in my mom and my dad's going to interject a little bit too. So we're going to have a little bit different of an episode here. And just so you know, we just dive right into this thing and assume that you've seen all episodes of, of Barry this season too. So if you haven't seen that show, by all means, probably save this one for later because we just assume you know what's going on and you've seen all eight episodes. So spoiler heavy discussion coming. Hope you guys enjoy it. Okay, everybody, what is going on? We are back once again on the best podcast on the internet, starring me, of course. It is I, Everybody Trades. But it's a different episode today because I don't really have a lot of market thoughts, but I've been wanting to talk, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been wanting to talk about HBO's Barry. And to do that, we're going to bring in the person who gave birth to me, my mother. Her only begotten son is me. And she's my mom, so this better go well, because she has the power to not only bring me in, but take me out as well. Mom, how's it going? Uh, excellent, excellent. I lo- I'm a big fan of Barry. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm, I'm very interested to talk about this show. Just First of all, just uh, do you have anything off the top of your head? Like, What are your general thoughts on Barry? Because I, for one, I'll just tell you right now, I had about three different thoughts, depending on when we asked, but the end of the season are you in for the are you in for episode one on season two absolutely i thought that the conclusion was fantastic but i have to say when i first started watching barry i immediately compared it to dexter who is a serial killer and he killed monsters and basically barry feels justified in the in the people that he is killing but he is a professional he's not you know dexter just did it on his own he wasn't paid but uh, anyway, in the in the finale, Barry is trying to justify what he has done to Detective Moss, who has figured out this is the killer. This is the guy I've been looking for. And and Barry says, "But these people that I'm killing are really t- right. bad people." But we know that he killed a friend of his, absolutely, or, or at least a Facebook friend, and yes. that's how Detective Moss saw this friend on Facebook, and she put it together. Absolutely. But anyway, so we know that uh, he has killed people. He killed a person that he really didn't want to kill, right. and he doesn't want to kill Detective Moss. He's but he did trying it. to talk her. Well, she's going. <laughs> he's going. Oh, I. These people are really bad, and that's why I killed him. And she says, I don't care. She She's doing her job. Right. She's found the killer. She's going to take him in. And he's practically begging her, trying to talk her out of it. And then we see that he has hidden a gun. Right. And as much as we like Detective Moss, and she's a hell of a great gal. Right. We know she's got to go down. And right. And the same with this friend. This is what really is amazing to me is that... 
we're on Barry's side. We right. know he's got to do this to save him life. And uh, I feel bad about it. But at the same time, I'm with Barry, and I know that Detective Moss has got to go, you know? See, that's interesting. I was just going to ask you, were you were you hoping that he was going to get away with it? Were you hoping he was going to put a bullet in her head? I didn't want her to be killed, <laughs> but I saw she had to go, you know? Barry has to do this to save himself. Right. See, that's interesting. I think, I think... After all of the decisions he made up until that point, and I guess we should back up a little bit here, I agree that he probably didn't have a choice. If he was going to save himself, you're right. From a selfish perspective, he had to. I'd actually like to back up a little bit and go to when he killed, I believe it was Chris, right? The guy Mm -hmm. who's in the the back back seat when they were rushing the airfield. And obviously, the two guys in the front seat die. They flip after the, the SUV is shot. It flips. And then, you know, he has to eventually, he has to. See, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think he has to? Because the guy, he, when he says, why did you say that? He's clearly like, damn it. In that moment, in his mind, Barry is like, yes, I do have to kill him. And again, this is, that's the Emmy <laughs> scene right well, here he to me. Well, he tried to talk him out of it. He did. He's going, we don't have to do this. But, but did he not- talk him out of it? Because he was, no, the no, guy was tried- scared to death at the end. That Chris guy was scared at the end. And do you still think he had to kill him? Yeah, I, Barry thought he had to. Because, well, I know because Barry did, he but thought, do you think he had to? I, yeah, I did because okay. Chris Chris was eaten up by guilt, yeah, and he was right. going to spill beans. Chris wasn't going to be able to live with it. Right. He was a regular guy who thought, I've got to report this to the police, and right. Barry knew if he did that, it was all over for him. And and Barry's a survivor, if nothing else. You know, You know, he honed his skills in... Afghanistan, and he was a extremely uh, competent killer. And then that that was the the thing, the skill that he brought back to America and got involved with becoming a professional killer. Right. But you know he he well in in the uh, the uh, the scene with Fuchs when Barry gets his money and is ready to break it off with his partner. Finally, he says, "I don't care about the money." He right. wants to get out. He does want out. He wants out. He wants to be an actor, but he also wants to survive. That was why I think that was kind of the perfect way to end the season. Is when he had told Fuchs, he said, "Starting now, I'm done." And then guess what? Months later, when he's out on this retreat with uh, Henry Winkler's character and Detective Moss, mm-hmm. he has to kill her. And then he's back in bed with the actor, the kooky actress girl. I mean, I'm sorry, I should know her character's name, but uh, and then he once again they end it with starting ne- and they cut his they and, cut and his word off. I was like, what a perfect way to end that because I feel I have a feeling that's going to be a theme going. I'm afraid forward. he may yeah. have to do more killing. <laughs> you think so? Even yeah. though, even though, yeah, I mean, he was into it for the money. He was a professional, right? But at the same time, because he was a professional, he's having to. He still wants, to, even though he's he's not he he doesn't want to be a professional anymore. He's trying to preserve his life. You know, right. it's the only one he's got, as far as he knows. Sure. So what I was going to say, going back to what I was saying before, um, I really would have, if you would have asked me after episode two what this show was, I was, I would have told you, I'm not exactly sure. Like I'm not, like I'm interested. I'm very interested where this is going. This whole like uh, actor hitman thing. I was kind of, I was intrigued. I just really mm-hmm. wasn't sure where it was going. Then by the time we got to like episode four, I believe when uh, him and Taylor, the kooky marine guy. Uh, the blonde-haired, mm-hmm, like, Marine mm-hmm. guy who's way overzealous. Like, you think he's going to get 
Barry killed in this whole thing, of course, because mm-hmm. he's far too overzealous. Of course, it ends up he saves Barry's life. And at the end of this, Barry's, of course, supposed to put a bullet in the back of this guy's head to eliminate any sort of loose ends or whatever. And at that moment, when I was watching that, I, w- I literally stood up in my living room and was going, no, come on, come mm-hmm. on, man, you can't kill him. Like, he just saved you. I literally was going, no, no. And sure enough, it's the old classic thing I've, I've heard you say a million times is, no good deed goes unpunished because, my God, did Taylor come back to bite him in the ass, of course. But mm-hmm. So that was, to me, that, well, that's when that show really, truly peaked as far as interest for me. Then by the end of it, I'm still into it. I'm still into it as far as I'm extremely interested in what happens episode one next year. Mm-hmm. So as far as that goes, total success. And I'm not saying the show isn't succeeding. What I'm finding very interesting is when is the last time we've had a hero in pop culture that is actually worthy of, of, of any sort of hero- heroism, any sort of of that title, especially in TV, I guess. I mean, you could take Iron Man or whatever, but I mean, really, if you think about, I'm a huge wrestling fan, as you know, mm-hmm. you watched, you started watching a little bit when I did kind of in, it was what's called the attitude era, mm-hmm. you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, your boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. Mick Foley was famously like, you know, really, if you look at it, The Rock is an asshole, like, he really is. I mean, he mm-hmm. just basically craps Egomaniac. on everybody. Yeah, complete <laughs> egomaniac. Yeah, and just will tell you how great he is. He talks in the third person, but we all ate it up. And, you know, mm-hmm. Vin- Stone Cold Steve Austin, same thing, but we all ate it up. What's interesting to me, right at that time came The Sopranos, right? Mm-hmm. Sopranos changed television forever. Well, now, that's what I see a connection between Tony Soprano and Barry, is that it is a journey of self-discovery. The acting thing, he's getting into his process, and they talk about that when he comes out so emotional when he's doing the acting scene with his girlfriend, and she's just turned on by how in touch, and he's just crying and all that. He is discovering that well of emotions that uh, he's learning about himself. I think I think he was very closed off to be a killer in Afghanistan and then to be killing just for mm. money. When it turns out the first thing when he's supposed to kill that nice actor guy and then right. and then the the he Chechnyans, was going to, too, he by was the way. going to, yeah. but then he didn't have to. Right. And then he, and he realized this was a nice guy. So that was a thing where he was thinking he was killing the bad guys and he. He actually, I'm sure he was relieved he didn't have to kill this this nice guy. But right. anyway, it it is it is a uh, a voyage uh, or journey of of self discovery. Yeah, I agree. No, I, that's an interesting point. I hadn't totally thought about that, but you're absolutely right. It's it's obvious that yeah, he is he that is kind of what acting is is tapping into your inner self, your emotions, or whatever. And certainly, he does do that. It brings all of this out of him. That obviously, you're you're exactly right. He seemed very closed off at first. Well, it is like I, I'm glad you brought up the Sopranos. I didn't put that together, but you know, Tony Soprano. You know, he was a vicious killer, and yet we feel deep sure. sympathy for him. And we know right. he's suffering, and he's learning things. You know, talking to Doctor Melfi and right. all this, and uh, you know, it, it's it's almost a little bit disturbing how how much sympathy we feel for Dexter, Tony Soprano, Barry. They're all killers, right. and, and we're all pulling for, for him. 
Yes, yes. Oh, by the way, guys, uh, my father, my father is here as well, Mike Miller. Hey, go ahead, Dad. What do you interject? Uh, just the only thought right there that came to me though was, when did this all begin with the hero who is an anti-hero? To me, it began with Clint Eastwood. And I, yes, I would agree. I, I was thinking that the other day because I actually just watched the outlaw Josie Wales a few days ago. Tremendous movie, by the way, especially mm-hmm. if you're a Missourian and you, you like history. Uh, that put an interesting spin on just the whole Civil War and everything. But I totally thought that. You're right. But interestingly, though, it never went there to me in television until The Sopranos. Like in movies, mm-hmm. yes, Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. Good and the Bad and the Ugly, Outlaw Josie Wales, all kinds of examples of that. But now, it would, it would, maybe there are other examples, but to me with Sopranos, now it's like we can't accept a non-bad good guy, if you will. Like all of our good guys have to be extremely flawed now. Like if you think about The Wire even the cops mm-hmm. were messed mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. I mean, it was literally, as Vince Gilligan described it, you know, taking uh, Beaver Cleaver or whatever and mm-hmm. turning him into the bad guy. And then you have Barry, obviously, as a new example. I'm, Game of Thrones. I mean, is there anybody who's mm-hmm. truly good in Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. I mean, even mm-hmm. the 12-year-old girl is sl- slitting people's throats and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? I guess what I'm trying to get at, and now wrestling is wrestling has not changed either, by the way. Like, the crowd just rejects, for the most part, with the notable exception, I guess, of Daniel Bryan, of just any sort of white meat baby face, if you will. Mm-hmm. We all want our heroes to be like just these horribly flawed people now. I guess what I'm asking, what does that say about us as a society? Well, I, think it's, I think it's a recognition that every individual has the potential for good and evil, and it often depends on the circumstances. Were they sure. nurtured and treated well? Right. Or were they like Dexter sitting in his mother's blood after she's been slaughtered by uh, horrible people that turned him into a serial killer. He seems like a really nice guy. But you can see how that that event when he was a kid. You can see his humanity, I guess. So, I mean, well, there's a a French uh, saying. I won't won't try to say it. uh, Well, let's see. uh, Comprendre to a... Oh, now I can't. Now I can't remember it. <laughs> anyway, to understand everything is to forgive everything. Mm. If you know the whole story, mm. you know even something that seems really horrible. If you dig and dig and dig, right. you can see that. But some people might say, "Eh, some people are just right. horrible, and see, I, that's yeah. just the way it is." See, I would say, I would say, I'm sure if you saw, if you babysitted a six-month-old version of Khalid Sheikh Muhammad, you'd probably think he was cute. I'm, su- I'm mm-hmm. sure you probably would. I do, But at a certain point, I don't care how messed up his childhood was, at a certain point, I feel like you should just be thrown into the volcano in Hawaii. I really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's admitted that he's killed thousands of people. I just think mm-hmm. what I'm saying is, I'm not making it political like we should really throw, I'm exaggerating, mm-hmm. obviously. What I'm saying is, I do think people are irredeemable at a certain point, don't mm-hmm. you? Well, that is that's a huge philosophical question. You know, even a and theological I guess at what point, question. At what point does Barry become irredeemable? Would be a good. question, Well, maybe we'll right? find out next season. I think for some people, he probably already is. Don't you? Like, I mean, just for killing that chick. For oh, I feel killing re- Detective Ross. I feel like, holy really moly. bad about him killing her because I re- she was a good gal and she was doing her job. Basically, we'll all she did to- was yeah, be a good detective. Uh-huh. She figured some stuff out. Oops, sorry, you were good at your job. But yeah, you got to be careful who you mess with. <clears throat> That's funny. 
Well, any, any other uh, Barry thoughts? I feel uh, just to interrupt once no, more. No, please go for it. I think uh, Barry is on the way down. I don't think he'll ever be redeemed. I think he will never get out of this uh, killer thing that he's in. I think it's a question of can he ever really think, completely forgive himself. I think it's. I think you're definitely right that we're going to go on this train of him keep saying, "Oh, what now? Starting now, no more killing." You think there's no chance there's ever a happy ending, though? Zero chance. I'm not saying zero chance. Okay, but that's just the feeling. Your prediction that I get. I get out the of same this. feeling. I'm now trying. What I guess what I I wonder what a ha- what would a happy ending look like for Barry? Or is, is it, it possible for a, really for a hitman <laughs> to have a happy ending? That's what I'm saying. I agree well, with you. That's the thing. You know, even if he his he falls in love, you know, he's kind of in love with his girlfriend, and they get married and have a family and all that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like. Uh, can you have a real relationship with someone when you're holding right. back huge, huge secrets? Right. Uh, is that a real relationship or is that like a fairy tale? Or you, you said holding back there that really triggered something in me, which is she is the exact opposite of holding back. If anything, she should hold back a little more. Like mm-hmm. she puts everything out there like for the whole world to see whether she realizes like all of her insecurities all of everything is just out there for the world to see it's plain as day so i think that's an interest they are an interesting well, contrast that, that makes yeah. her a good foil right you know? and it may make it's the oil and water track, and we'll say. see how right. that works out right that's funny well just one one final thought here before we wrap this up Going back to my sort of, I don't know, the the cool bad guy or whatever, like the, the likable bad guy or whatever is now sort of the protagonist. And I was saying, what does this say about our society? Now I'm thinking, does, do you guys think, this is just a theory, throw it back in my face if you want to. Do you think this explains Donald Trump's appeal a little bit? That was bit? immediately <laughs> what I thought of when you, when you put this out, you know. Um, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of presidents that were probably not the greatest people, but they did right. a good job. But they acted presidential. That's the word I hear a lot, right? That, well, that's that. That's what makes him unlikable. To no matter how many to the I people mean, who act presidential and you know st- stately or whatever, they can't stand him. And then there's obviously the rest of society. There's a certain, a, a certainly. A portion of society that, that maybe it's the same people in some ways who like Walter White, you know, and maybe they don't all now Walter White, uh, Brian Cranston absolutely did not vote for Donald Trump, first of all, which is fine. I like Brian Cranston. I just thought I'd point that out as an irony. But I do think that there's an element of that, that our society has shifted enough to where we're not so concerned, or at least we don't have to con- pretend to be concerned about okay, maybe he isn't the greatest husband in the world or whatever, but at least maybe it seems like... Basically, we're trying something different. That seems Mm -hmm, to be the whole mm -hmm. Trump thing in a lot of ways for a lot of people is, hey, and that's... You know, Kanye West has obviously famously come out and said some, some positive things about him, and you look at the backlash from that, and I think this is all just part of a sort of weird sort of societal shift that I don't, I don't totally know what to make of. Do you? I think, well, well, could I just yeah, say Go one? ahead, Dad. Uh, I do think that's correct, uh, what you said about Trump being a, somewhat of an anti-hero or something. But, and I think that, it, it, I think that's part of it, but I think there's also just the fact that people, uh, Democrats and Republicans, 
are just tired of voting for someone who goes to Washington and doesn't actually try to fulfill his campaign promises and actually do something different than the average politician. And uh, I think Trump can be forgiven his unpresidentialness, should we say, right. for the, just for the fact that he is trying to do what he said on the campaign. Well, that's that's something that makes me think of, um, you know, uh, JFK was so adored by by so many people, and yet then then we find out, you know, he was a lousy sure. husband. He did a lot of shaky stuff, and politically today he would be a conservative. Well, that's true. And, yeah, I don't even, uh, when I don't even know at, if the Republicans would go along with him. To be honest, as much as the culture politically has shifted in the last fifty, sixty years, yeah. I, I'm not even sure the Republicans would get down with him. Well, his you know his famous thing: ask not what right. you can, uh, what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That is not a liberal stance, and and yet he was the darling of the of the Democratic Party. Sure. So you know it's it's one that's there's kind of a thing about you know don't get to know your heroes too well because you find out everyone's right. got flaws and people that may. Uh, politically or socially come off as white knights when we get to know them they could be rotten to the core and maybe or maybe there's a lot of people that look really good and say all the right, right things but what are they actually doing what are they accomplishing for us you well, know maybe that you know maybe that's a good th- thought to go out on is maybe it isn't so much that the culture has shifted toward maybe liking the bad maybe it's just toward a more realistic look at power or I don't know what it is, but maybe there is an optimistic sort of uh, bent on that. I, at first I was wondering, does this say something bad about us as people where we're going so, as a society or is there maybe an optimistic way to look at it too, as far as, I don't know, it's sort of getting away from the white meat baby face, if you will. I don't well, know. um, Thinking more locally, you know, it. You know, we think about our what's going on with our governor now. You know, I Eric Greens, uh, governor of Missouri. Yes, yes. we were. Uh, you know, I was pretty enthusiastic. He seemed like kind of a JFK guy, good looking, uh-huh. smart. You know, Navy SEAL, blah blah blah. Yeah. And then all this stuff comes up with all this sexual sure. stuff and everything. And and it well, they say that you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. No so many statement. of these, so many of these power men get taken down by (laughs) the most mundane stupid i just can't believe they're so So dumb that they they can't even be discreet about their you know dalliances and stupid stuff that they do well these days good luck getting away with a dalliance when everybody has a camera phone and well and and people should they should be smart (laughs) enough to be aware if they if they're not smart enough to uh cover their tracks or at least, you know, show some restraint while they're in power, then I don't have a whole lot of uh, sympathy. (laughs) I agree. I don't have any sympathy for the powerful either. But anyway, you know, I I think this is... uh... This has been a little slice of heaven. Thanks for thanks for joining me, Mom, Dad. Thanks for your little interjections. We should. Uh, Thank you very much. <laughs> we should absolutely do this again sometime. Yes, good stuff. I enjoyed it. It's it's good. All Call right, it family feud, but we weren't really feuding. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, hey, family cooperation. We'll do it again next time. Hey, this has been Everybody Trades. See you guys again.